today's focus is ending our Philippian series. Um, and the way we're going to finish it is worshipfully, because um, it encourages us to do so. Um, so I'm going to read Philippians just now. Um, the passage I'm going to read is called The Christ Hymn by some folk, um, and it is a poem. We don't know whether um, Paul wrote it himself or whether it was an early church hymn. Um, but it, uh, many, many do believe it was either before or after Paul's time used as a hymn itself. So they would have sung it. Um, and um, we're going to go through a sort of a, a poetic interpretation of that uh, throughout the day. And we'll mix it in with bringing worship to God. So this is uh, Philippians 2, 5 to 11. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Uh, I'm going to read you what is essentially a, a poetic interpretation of that passage that I read earlier in Philippians. Um, and again, just let it wash over you or let it be part of your song and let your song come out however it is that you feel the Spirit move you. Can I tell you of my God's glory? Close your eyes and picture the very form of God. Who can even begin to describe what you see? English and every human tongue constructed in our attempts to point to the concrete and the abstract fall short of the very magnitude and frequency of sound and light. His robe alone fills our best attempts to construct the boundaries of our definitions of his being. <laughs> his footfall alone is a supernova breaking our framework of space and time, dancing, swirling between universes, back and forward in time and space. And he flies with such mighty wings so that any chaos is commanded into shape and form by the ensuing storm. And the mouth of God? What can I say? Without it? We are nothing. Everything is rendered wild and waste. The mouth of God is the womb from which every good thing bursts into life. His eyes are a burning fire. 
A pillar of flame hedges the path that he watches, a piercing eye that uncovers every secret thing. The eyes that see to the signs and seasons to provide the plenty of spring and the rest of winter from the beginning of the year to its end. Who can say what you see? A mighty king on a stupendous throne. Its footstool greater than any of our towers. A dove hovering, a breath churning, a one, a two, a three, a shifting but never changing self. This is the form of God. Can I tell you of God's glory? <laughs> Machiavelli says that the natural order schemes its way to power, to hold fixed in your sight a strategy to grasp and to defeat all other enemies. Caesar agrees you either divide and conquer or be divided and conquered. This is how you grasp at the eternal glory of a god. This is how you win at cosmic politics. Darwin inspires some to say that it is the fastest, the strongest, the fittest that conquer death, for they inherit generations. And this strength, this might makes right. Maybe a kindly ruler may protect the weak on a good day, but take away the protection of a trident, a NATO, the NHS, the dependability of supply and demand, or other walls behind which we find safety from cruel tyrants, then the weak suffer what they must. Too many of us know what it is to see walls that have protected us for a long while suddenly come under siege and tumble with the explosive power of an enemy. Too many of us know that feeling of exile, dragged beyond our own walls, to those walls that seemed so strong and protected our private mirage of Eden that we were doing our best to cultivate and then ripped away into a foreign land, a place where our sins catch up with us, where our own brothers and sisters are crouching at the door waiting to have us, where we're blinded and turn the golden prize of our liberty into idols of golden calves, a place where we feel prisoner in our own home, a place where we get dragged to kicking and screaming by invading hordes. To those who study the world, too often they only see a land of exile. They don't find a beautiful mind behind it all, but rather a stupid and cruel indifference of nature looking back at them, a stupidity grasping for simple survival. But can I tell you about my God's glory? He does not grasp for it. Even though there is no great beast of the darkest deep roaring with a fire that can burn down cities to stop his purposes, no great burning star blazing with a heat to warm planets into life can even cause a crack in his throne. No claws reaching from the putrid darkness of hell can touch my God. Even though he is the uncaused cause, the great agency behind all things, my God is reality. The I am who without nothing is. And yet, 
can I tell you about my God's glory? The proud consider it a joke. What is this? What great ruler, president, prime minister, king or queen sets forth a policy to surrender power? Ever heard of a campaign rally where the candidate promises their own humiliation? But the glory of my God is an emptying glory. It isn't the glory of a pharaoh who shrugs indifferently at the laments that come up to his throne. When blood cries out, the great agent of all things allows himself to be affected. His heart does not grow cold, nor does his face turn away. He is a mother who knows his children's voice in a sea of brokenness and will come down from his throne like a mighty lioness protecting his cubs. His roar is a surrender and an obedience. The lament of a broken world becomes the lament of my God. That is his glory. When you close your eyes to see the form of God, do you see a servant? How could you? A servant is defined by a purpose not their own, one who receives instruction and acts them out. Do you see a baby? Do you see a God whose glory is not compromised by depending on the pushing and strength of a teenage girl to live? Do you see a lamb on a throne? A creature of the pasture? reared for meat or wool, an innocent thing, good for sacrifice for the guilty. What strength is this that is found in such a humble shape? Isn't might in the grasping of resources? Can I tell you of my God's glory? God is like a son of Adam. He knows what it is to smell after a working day, to lift your back rather than your legs and to pass wind. All the indecency and unglorious activity of the human form somehow is a form in which God can be found. Even unto its final and complete indignity. How? How is this the glory of God? What madness is there in, in the silent stance of a condemned God before a human judge? What obedience is this to not rain fire and swords on those who dare to grasp at his arms, hair and robe and rip and cut them down? How can the exaltation and the lifting up of God be the raising him onto a cross? How does God's glory not save him. Jesus, why do you not come down from that cursed tree? Can I tell you of my God's glory? It is a suffering glory, a servant's glory. It is a glory that knows death, a traumatized glory. Can I tell you of my God's glory? Listen in, and can you hear the name? For those who have ears to hear, listen. A name that has rumbled deep into the very firmament of death itself and cracked its foundations. 
he died, so death dies. The vindication of the blood of Abel. A name whose very definition is that the world is not as we think it to be. The Lord is salvation. A name that from beyond the veil of this life reverberates back and beyond. The name that is everything inside of everything. The name of the atom within the molecule, the molecule within the compound, the compound within the organism, the organism within the ecosystem, the ecosystem within the world, the world within the cosmos, the all in all. The name that is the glory of Jesus, of God. The downward facing glory becomes the outward catapulting exaltation. (laughs) Can I tell you about my God's glory? It is a river that makes glad the city of God. A city on a hill, bright, outshining the sun. Its walls are open doors for the entering and healing of all the nations. A city whose structure is a people, whose roofs are the beautiful crowns of elders who are the poor and broken raised up. A city of all the people of the earth, where every tongue has a simple language. The grammar, the syntax, the vocabulary, all etymology is built on a simple story. The glory of God is the king, priest, prophet who blesses all the nations. A city that has no sunset, but each ray of light comes from the throne at its center. And each ray is its own color of season and sign to bow the knee. the knee that no longer walks through the valley of dark death no longer needs to suffer through a path of righteousness the knee that can rest on the good ground on which it is bowed to the glorious sun can I tell you of God's glory it is Jesus high and lifted up A king who orders all the cosmos by his mighty love. For it is his love that rules and reigns. (laughs) It seems strange. Not the fads and seasons of our systems. Not the fears and greed of broken tyrants. Not the impulses of beasts who pounce on brothers and sisters. Not the chaos that crashes and can flood against the boundaries of our lives. These are the strange things. It is Jesus, found like a precious coin under a sofa, or a man who sells everything to buy a field or a mustard seed. A small and humble thing that changes everything. It is his name, the name above all names. It is the face, like one who is a son of Adam. It is the body on a hill raised to the stars in the sky and beyond, beyond the roof of this world into a good country, and from there to heal the hurts of here below, so that the shadowlands become the very source of light itself, so that at the name of Jesus, salvation is here to the glory of God the Father. Do you see 
the glory of God? Is your mind filled with it? Does your imagination swell with different visions of a deathless world made new? Are the synapses, roads of the praiseworthy, the neurons, the resting place for an excellent thing? Is your mind blazing with a light rejoicing as the old passes in the way and the new has come? Can you sense a hope for a land of the refracting lights of crystal where decay, tyrants, mountains of plastic, the tentacled systems do not have the last word? To believe in such a vision is to believe in the resurrected Christ, where death is burnt up as the last enemy. It is to think in the pattern of a world superimposed over this one that still sees a dying. And this superimposed world grows clearer in the thinking until the single united mind of Jesus's body calls with a spirit that forms such a mind and together they cry, come. And the heavens and the earth pass into each other and become one. And together they sing a deep and eternal chorus. Holy, 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 holy. Holy, <laughs> holy, holy. To the glory of God the Father. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, you are here. Your glory surrounds us. Oh God, it's incredible just to encounter your glory. <laughs> yeah, God, we love it when you just rock up. You envelop us in your glory and your love. Oh, we see you face to face. God, and in that moment we're changed. <laughs> I just want to read you the whole of Philippians 2. Just as Simon led us just to encounter something of the majesty and glory of God. There's actually a whole purpose in that. It says this, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being in one Spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking at your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used in his own advantage. 
Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place, gave him the name that is above every name, that the name of Jesus, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it's God who works in you to will and to act in order to fill his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars of the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. You know, we encounter the glory of God because he wants us to share that encounter with others. He wants us to uh, radiate his glory. He wants us to be the carriers of just that message of that amazing servant king who turns life upside down and there's something about us as a community what God has called us to is to live as this passage described it's a sacrificial living with one another you know like it says that it's by our love for one another the world will know that we're his disciples so there's something really powerful in encountering his glory Encountering his glory is for purpose. It's beautiful in the moment and it's wonderful and we love just to bask in that moment. But it's in that moment as we encounter his glory that we are changed. We become those lights shining in a dark generation. Yeah, so Father, as we've encountered your glory this morning, God, just use us to be your glory in this earth. God, as we come up to this time of celebrating you entering our reality. God, let us be beacons of light. Let us be beacons of hope to those around us. Thank you, God. Thank you, God.